never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that wonders... What can you take off and still be considered a Mandalorian? My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the <laughs> evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. How's it going, man? Here. What's up? <laughs> um, I'm good. Um, you have a lot of news to cover because you took a trip. Sort uh, of, yeah. <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, all right. Sounds like, I mean, unless you didn't get to do as exciting things as you hoped. No. But, yeah. <laughs> No, I did. It's one of those things where I don't even know where to start with it. But um, essentially, this past weekend, I kind of lucked my way into a work trip to Florida. It was one of these things where it's a it was a trip for all like the higher ups at my job. And uh, my manager had to back out last minute and I took her place for the trip. Um, and it, it it involved some work stuff like we went on a factory visit and stuff. But part of the trip was a VIP tour of Universal Studios. <laughs> so I, I totally lucked myself my way into it, but I just had a blast down there. Um, this is, I'm somebody who growing up, I never went to Universal, never went to Disney World. This is actually, this was actually my first time in Orlando actually, but um, yeah, I got to go to Universal and this was, Universal was always like a dream theme park for me. Like I just remember being a kid and seeing uh, TV spots for the theme park, um, you know, while watching whatever my favorite show was and stuff. And their Universal always had that. Uh, and I don't know exactly the slogan, but it was something to the effect of ride the movies. And it's all that like our rides are based on movies and you're going to feel like you're within the films while you ride them. And that always captured my imagination. So It was awesome to finally go, and uh, I finally got the chance to visit the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, so I'm pretty (laughs) stoked about that and everything, too. But, um, yeah, this is one of those things I could go on and on about specifics, Um, and I don't know if you have any questions or if you just want me to jump into a couple of the highlights (laughs) that were there for me. Hit the highlights, man, because I I gave you some – I told you there was some couple things you should probably check out, like, you know, the yes. Hulk ride or the Spider-Man ride. So I don't know if you got a chance to even do that or if you basically were stuck to Harry Potter, you know? Yeah, um, that's actually funny. Uh, there is a group of people that uh, <laughs> some of the people from my job were talking to from the hotel, and they said that they spent a full day at Universal and didn't leave the Harry Potter sections. Like, literally all they did was Harry Potter, which I thought that was pretty amusing but uh when you actually go there and you go down like diagon alley and you ride the hogwarts express to hogsmeade you can see how when it comes to not just the rides and not just the sort of attraction of it the immersion the uh you know all the nooks and crannies of these like 
essentially movie sets they've like rebuilt that you can walk through. There's also so many shops and restaurants. Like I could see how you could spend a full day if you went into every single Harry Potter shop and got the experience of, you know, you go into Ollivander's and you let the people work working there pick out your wand for you. And if you go into like all of the different restaurants and hog Hogsmeade. So I could really see that. Um, like I said, we had a VIP tour and I think there we were there for one day. And the advantage of having that VIP uh, ticket is we got to pretty much ride all of the big rides The disadvantage is we didn't really linger anywhere as long as I would have wanted to. So, like, we were only in the Harry Potter section for, like, very short periods of time. So it was, like, enough time to walk through, enjoy the atmosphere, and then move on. And that's kind of how the whole day was. Um, We also, it was kind of the same in the Marvel section because I remember walking through and you have these giant, uh, like, 2D they look like giant cardboard standups, but they're not, you know, they're made of metal and like painted or whatever. But you have these giant 2D images of all the Marvel Comics characters. And it's amazing. And you <laughs> you're walking p- past these shops with so much Marvel merchandise. And you're just like, I could spend like two hours in that shop. A lot of that I didn't get a chance to do just because of our mo- our group was moving around so quickly. But um it's probably better that way because I dropped a lot less cash that day than I could have. But um, sure. yeah, going into the rides we did, um, unfortunately, right now the Hagrid roller coaster is down, which that's the one where you, I guess, the roller coaster cars that you ride on, it makes you feel like you're riding Hagrid's motorcycle, like you're sitting in a position like you're riding a motorcycle while going through it. I've heard really good things about that ride, but unfortunately that was down for maintenance. Um, We did do the Gringotts. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's the Gringotts bank ride in uh, Diagon Alley. We rode that and that was amazing. That was a 3d roller coaster, um, amazing levels of immersion. Like that was the first ride I rode of the day. And it was just incredible because it's one of those things and I've never been to universal. So I didn't realize how good they do this, but it's one of those things where you go through the ride and you're like on your roller coaster car, you have your 3d glasses and you're going through a tunnel and all of a sudden you come up to a screen and there's like a scene that plays out in front of you. And then the ride starts doing crazy things and you don't understand what's going on. (laughs) You just know that you're in basically the midst of this movie. You're falling off cliffs. You are doing really crazy maneuvers. There's all sorts of Harry Potter characters coming in and out of your sight. And it's one of those things where it's like completely seamless from the practical effects of the uh, scenery of like this tunnel you're in and stuff, as well as the 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 3d screens you're coming across and it's they did such a good job of like i can't tell where the screens are ending and where like the physical forms that i'm going past are starting and i think that was just like such an incredible experience but it kind of was it was kind of a good thing to do to understand for the rest of the day that's how a lot of the other rides are gonna be um in the harry potter area there was So there was one other big ride I actually skipped out on. It's the ride that's actually inside of like the Hogwarts castle area. And I skipped out on it because they said, if you have 
if you get motion sickness badly, this ride could take you out for a full day. <laughs> and I, I Jeez. don't necessarily okay. get motion sickness that badly, but I also is like, this is like a once in a lifetime trip. I'm not going to screw it up, you know, just on the off chance that this is going to take me out and give me vertigo the rest of the day. I'm just not going to chance it. So that's about all we did with Harry Potter. But uh, from there, we went to the Velocicoaster, um, which is, you know, the awesome uh, Jurassic well, Park roller coaster. Did you, at least get to, did you at least get to walk through like the Jurassic Park Visitor Center and stuff? Yes, yes, we did walk through that really quick. And it's one of those like oh, this is awesome. This is just like the movie, you know, there's a lot of that. in like, the movie. Oh, I guess I got to keep moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we were able to ride the Velocicoaster, which was incredible. It is. I've never had a roller coaster with that many fake outs. Like it's one of those things like, all right, here we go through the corkscrew. And then the, the roller coaster flips your car over, flips it back the other way. And you're like, well, OK, that was a fake out. And then it's like, OK, here we go for a loop. Nope, another fake out, and now I'm going the other direction. So that coaster was incredible. Um, sure. We did the Incredible Hulk coaster. Amazing. That one was just a solid, just really good coaster. We didn't do the Spider-Man ride. I'm not really sure why, but we didn't no. hit that one up. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other big ones we did. There's the one, I don't know what it's called, what it's called but it's like... It's not the rock and roller coaster because I know that's Disney, but it's like Universal's version of it where you have like music blasting in your ears and speakers while you go through the roller coaster. Um, that one was probably my favorite one. Um, and that one was cool because you get to pick your song, which uh, we wrote that one twice. And both times I went with uh, Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue because that's like just a good, solid, like pump up song. And uh, I I was asking a lot of coworkers like what songs they were picking for that ride. <laughs> Some people were picking weird stuff, like people were picking like Kenny Chesney and stuff. And I'm like, OK, there's nothing wrong with that. But also like this is a roller coaster <laughs> and I'm not wanted. I don't want to listen to like chilling out on the beach sort of music while I'm like going through like loops and corkscrews and stuff like sure. that. Yeah. Um I'm I'm trying to go again. This is something I could go on and on. So I'm trying to go quickly through everything. But uh, let's see. We did the Transformers ride. That was awesome. Um, we saw uh, there you know was. What? A, I actually don't think I knew they had a Transformers ride. So that was clearly added after like because I was there. Mm-hmm. Man, I was there almost 17 years ago. It was the last time I was at Universal. So. Okay, fair enough. That that's another one where it's like you get on a car and you have like a crazy 3d experience where sure. you kind of go through a track and the car moves around along with this 3d imagery. And it's just another one of those really immersive, really cool things. Um, it's very in tune with the Michael Bay transformers movies and that right. stuff moves really fast. And at certain parts, you're not going to know quite what's going on, but it's still going to be awesome. <laughs> That's probably how I would describe the aesthetic of that ride. Um, we also saw like they have a really awesome Jason Bourne uh, show where it's one of these things where you have like you have a a stage that rotates sort of like a Les Miserables thing, but not exactly. But you have a rotating stage with a really like high def uh, projector screen behind the stage. And then you have real live actors walking through projected scenery and stuff and uh you basically just watch jason bourne 
kicking people's ass for like, you know, 20 minutes. And, you know, they have car chases. They have moments where he's hoisted up on a harness like he's on a parachute. And it's one of those things. It's really hard to to explain in a way that would do justice to what you're watching. But it's just an incredible show because it's one of those things where you see the, the Jason Bourne actor running across the stage but what's yeah. projected is a lot more is going on and they do parts where they switch from 2d to 3d and it's just, it's beautiful. And it's one of those things you have to see to understand, but that was awesome. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Like I feel like we did ride a couple more things. Oh, we did the ki- the King Kong ride too. That was awesome. Uh, we did the mummy indoor coaster. That was amazing. Uh, it was just an awesome experience. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any more specific questions, Drew. Again, no, I could just, go on and on. It's awesome. You know? <laughs> it's awesome to hear you got a chance to do a lot of those cool things. And I'm glad you got a chance to go down there. And I say that just because like I got a chance to go to universal a while ago and then my trip disney recently so it's just nice to hear like one of us got to go to universal and report back on the harry potter world and whatnot um what i love about those parks and i haven't been to the harry potter but what i loved about like star wars for example was how immersive it was to just Mm -hmm. hang out you know like just be in there for like a few minutes and hang out you're just like dude i could just sit here all day Absolutely. And that's that that's how I felt. Um, The two areas for that like that for me was like, obviously Marvel, but Marvel wasn't like that immersive level where you feel like you're actually in the comics. But in the Marvel section, it's just like, this is the stuff I love. And this is the merchandise I love. And I just want to spend more time here. And then the Harry Potter sections did have that level of immersion where it was just like, I feel like I'm actually in Diagon Alley or like, I feel like I'm actually in Hogsmeade right now. And (laughs) it's blistering. Like it's almost 90 degrees right now down in Florida, but these little rooftops in Hogsmeade have snow on them and it just looks like you're actually in the winter, um, you know, in Hogsmeade. So that was, uh, that was amazing. And I definitely wanted to spend more time there. And I honestly want to do more trips there in the future. Like it was such a good time, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'm glad you had a good trip. Um, did you get a chance to watch anything while you were (laughs) in this time span? Yeah, so I had a super busy weekend. It was actually like half of the week last week and the weekend. And then this week, I've kind of kept myself busy. The only thing I've really watched is uh, Mandalorian, to be honest. I've, oh. I honestly haven't even watched uh, the newest episode of Last of Us yet. So, all right. So I'm I'm one of I haven't watched The Last of Us either, which is fine. Um, I know we're trying to keep current with that, but sometimes I like to sometimes I'm enjoying like being a little behind because I can maybe put two back to back or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you on that. I did watch the Mandalorian season three first episode. Um, yes. What I will say first off, I thought it was a great episode. Um, I had um, the one, the one quibble I had as I saw some of the alien prosthetics, like on the Weequay pirates to me, didn't look the best for what we know Star Wars to be. Yeah. But it's practical effects, and I got to give them props for that. What I will say about the aliens is we got to see Weequays and Twi'leks and protocol droids and familiar stuff. Um, there was no question in my mind that I was watching Star Wars, and that was awesome. And that's 
I'm not trying, and I don't mean to say that like in to throw shade at Andor at all, but I knew that I was watching Star Wars at all times, and that was the coolest. Like it's just like it feels like Star Wars. It's paced like Star Wars, or it didn't feel like it could have been something else. Um, but it was I would a agree great, with that, it was a sure. great return. Um, Grogu is adorable as always. Um, I loved the big fight with the like the giant alligator, if you will. That was really cool (laughs) at the beginning of the show yeah Um, i really liked with the alligator they did the death roll um if you remember and i don't know how i don't know how true this is in terms of alligator stuff but if you um what if you remember the movie crocodile dundee there's the scene where he tells her about the alligator will take you down for a death roll and she's like what's that and he's like oh that's where he'll grab you and he'll drag you down to the bottom of the to the to the <laughs> right. bottom of the water, and then he'll roll you over until you're dead. And um, the alligator on the surface grabbed a guy and then started rolling. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's so cool. They like, <laughs> you know, um, I just thought it was great. Uh, I mean, what do you think? I just I'm just really happy Mando's back, and I can't wait for the season to expound because this was kind of like a really good where my friends been episode. And now let's get into the stuff, you know. Yeah, I think that says it perfectly. Like, where have my friends been? It's just a cool, it was just a cool introduction to like, oh, here's Din Djarin, here's Grogu, here's a couple other familiar faces, and here's kind of where our world is at right now. Um, so I really enjoyed it from that aspect. And uh, I think like the action scenes were great. I think overall the episode looked really good just from a visual standpoint. And I did notice those... Uh, as you're saying, like those familiar Star Wars alien species that we haven't necessarily gotten out of um, other shows and movies from the Disney um, Star Wars era or however you want to phrase it. But um, my only my only real complaint, and this isn't even that big of a complaint, but this first episode felt a little bit like a zero issue of a comic book to me. Where it's oh, like, I where it's I like, like the I, opening. Yeah, yeah. Like it felt like I don't necessarily what the, know what the main plot of this season is going to be yet. Besides just Din Djarin has to get to Mandalore to like bathe in the waters of Mandalore. But I just don't know. <laughs> like, I wish there was like a, a villain introduced or like something more. And again, it's not bad. Like, I feel like this stuff is coming in the next episode it just felt very zero issue to me and that was my only my only quibble with this one if that makes sense i got you yeah well uh this is a little bit of a segue to news but not really um mandalorian season four according to dave filoni it's already been written so (laughs) well then (laughs) yeah that's awesome so um i'm really excited about that just to know that they're they have that plan um, Dave Filoni says that, um, he doesn't necessarily have an ending for the Mandalorian yet. He says, I think the beauty of this is that it's a middle chapter of a much larger story. And although we'll have a resolution over time with these characters, I think that how these characters fit into the larger scope and scale, but it's not like there's a finale that we're building to that I have in mind. Quite the contrary. I love for these stories to go on and on, which I think is great, but I do think you don't want a show like this to burn out and people are like, Oh, that's still on the air. Um, right. But that being said, there is a rumor going on that you have Mandalorian, Ahsoka, book of Boba Fett, 
um, which is getting a season two, and then this uh, Skeleton Crew show that all take place within the same time period. And the rumor is, is they're building to one big event. Like, they're going to treat it in a Marvel sense. Like, those shows are going to combine, and then you're going to have, like, a Disney Plus movie that they're all going to build towards and then split off into their shows again and then build up to another yeah. movie or something. And that'd be awesome. That'd be really, really cool to do that. So I'm really kind of just excited for more, but I'm really also curious to see where it all goes. Um, nice. Well, well, to me, like, I would also compare that to, like, the Arrowverse on the CW where you have, like, you know, four or five different shows going through their seasons, but they always had that, like, they would culminate in that cr- crisis crossover event, you know, like, two-thirds of the way through, and uh, that's feels like, that's what that feels a little bit like to me as well, which is pretty neat, so. Sure. Well, Dave Filoni, sorry, not Dave Filoni, John Favreau also said that um, that time span, so... Mando season two ended with Grogu going with Luke. And then in Book of Boba Fett, um, Grogu and Mando get uh, picked back up with each other on uh, Oct 2 where Luke was training him. And uh, John Favreau confirmed that Luke and Grogu had been training together for two years before Mando came back. Um, wow. So that's a big time jump. But, I mean, Star Wars has always had big time jumps between projects. So that's not that big of a deal. But it was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that long. But that's really cool. Um, it makes me wonder if um, it'll play out a little differently if I, you know, watch them with that mindset. So, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, you're not current on Bad Batch, are you? Or you no. watched any of it? OK. So Bad Batch has um, they have. There's a two-part story. They did a two-parter in the middle of the season, which I'm two episodes behind, but I have watched this two-parter. And it talks about the destruction of Kamino. Hmm. And the basically the Empire was ordered to wipe out the cloning facilities to force the Senate to put in the vote for um, the, uh, the military... Um, the recruitment act, if you will. So to get people to sign up for the military and to be recruited instead of using clones. And that's where you get the difference between the clone troopers and the stormtroopers in terms of the enlisting. Um, Hmm. It was really, really cool. Um, Ian McDiarmid reprised his role as the emperor for the scene with the emperor in it. It was awesome. I was like, wow, this is, this is kind of chilling to watch. So nice. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, other than that, since you only got a chance to watch The Mandalorian, I watched one other show, and that is The Consultant that is started on Amazon Prime. Do you know about this show at all? No, I mean, the title <laughs> title sounds pretty cool, but yeah, I'm right. not really familiar with it. I'm going to tell you, dude, you have to watch this show. This is a really dark, twisted mystery, dark comedy thing. There are oh, some cool. things in here that I have laughed out loud with, and there's things that I'm like, what is going on in this show? Um, quick overview of the show. It basically, it's, it's about a video game company in Silicon Valley and they make like phone games, like apps for your phone. So it's basically a tech company. The opening of the show, these kids, I'm going to spoil this a little bit. These kids are getting a tour of the facility and within that tour, They get to meet the creator, and in the midst of all this stuff, the creator of this company gets murdered violently. 
within the first nice. five minutes of the movie. And then they cut to the theme song and you're like, what am I watching? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and then this guy shows up the next, like he shows up and he's, and everyone's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm a consultant that I was hired by Mr. Sang. They're like, well, Mr. Sang's dead. And he goes, well, according to my contract, I start today. So he's there to like help Weird. them, like kind of usher the company forward, but the guy's dead, but he's like, my contract starts today. And that's when the mystery begins because the guy's weird and he has these really weird, like he has these really weird, uh, just inter intricacies and he's got these weird, like quirks and all that stuff. And you're like, something's up with this guy and the mystery unfolds and it's just nuts. But one of the parts that made me laugh out loud was he had this bit where he to, well, to say, Hey, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. Let's get to work. I think we have a bright future, blah, blah, blah. One of those speeches. In the building, there's this video wall of all the people working. It's a tech company, so they have one wall that's like a giant video wall, and it's like all the Zoom calls, like all the people working remotely. And he's like talking to the people in the building, and he turns to the video wall, and he says, for those of you who think you can work remotely, you have one hour to get to the office or your contract is terminated. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was so funny, and I'm just like, why can't everybody do that? Like, it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but no, like, dude, check this show out. It's on Amazon. It's amazing. Um, it's got Christoph Waltz. Uh, he's the main character. He's the consultant guy. Um, if you know Christoph Waltz from like *Glorious Bastards*, you know this guy's an amazing mm -hmm. actor. Um, it's got uh, Brittany O'Grady. She's the season one of *White Lotus*. She's the friend that was traveling with Steve Zahn's family. Mm, okay. um, she, she's the other lead female. And then Amy Carrero from Young and Hungry and She-Ra and Critical Role, and uh, she's in it. Those are the three actors that I directly um, recognized when I started watching the show. But really, really cool show, man. Uh, check this thing out. It's great. Yeah, that sounds awesome, actually. I'll, I'll have uh, to check that out. <laughs> those are the things that I've been watching this week. So, yeah. Um, nice. Let's talk about the news, because some of it I've covered just because I saw those Mando stories, so I thought I'd... Uh, tell you oh, about perfect. um so amazon is it amazon uh is it amazon warner brothers and new line are going back to middle earth i don't know what's right happening. i don't know what's happening here because amazon has their rings of power series they own lord of the rings now but Warner Brothers and New Line are going back to Middle Earth with a studio making a deal that will allow it to develop more Lord of the Rings movies. A multi-year deal with uh, with rights holders, um, Embrace Group, AB, allows Warner Brothers to develop feature uh, features based on Tolkien's Lord of the Rings books and The Hobbit. So we're getting, are we getting remakes? I'm kind of fuzzy on what we're getting here. Um are they remakes? Are they reboots? I'm not 100% sure. And that's the part that I think is really weird. Um, Peter Jackson is currently talking to the uh, to Warner Brothers about he's in the loop about what's going on. So I think that's weird. Like, why would we remake? Like, those movies are great and they hold up. Even technology wise, they hold up. I don't know why we're remaking them. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like they're remaking it or they're filling in more of the gaps uh, within, you know, the time, the whole timeline of Middle Earth. Like there's so many 
gaps you can fill in. And I yeah. feel like that might be some of the stories they're exploring. But this story to me is hilarious because it's like, forget streaming wars. Like we're in the Lord of the Rings wars right now. where It's like Amazon has their Rings of Power show. And I feel like this is a little bit of Warner Brothers going like, oh, that's your show. Well, here's what we got. And we're going to watch right. these two media companies like duke it out over like a single <laughs> property. And it's just it's just crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's a great point. I just I think it's it's kind of like this is that. It's Lord of the Rings has had a bit of a break, right? Yeah. So getting more Lord of the Rings is not, in my opinion, out of the question. But remaking them, I think, is out of the question. I think it's weird. I would agree with that. That's the part that I think is weird. And that's the part that I don't really fully know what's going on. So we'll keep everyone posted as we learn things. I just can't tell if this is a remake, reboot, new stories, what it is. But I'm down for more of the universe. I just, you know, we'll see. Um, uh, DC News. I don't know if this is true or not because this did not come from James Gunn. Um, He has confirmed that he's been in contact with Ben Affleck to get him to direct a DC movie. Nice. We know, we know that. That's been a confirmed thing from James Gunn. The rumor is he's going to be directing Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, okay. I think, that's, I think that's awesome. We wanted to see the Ben Affleck directed Batman movie anyway. So that, in my opinion, that would be the first thing you bring up to the table. Like, hey, man, you, we want you to direct and this is what we want you for. So it makes sense to me. But yeah. it's a rumor right now. Um, and that's all I got, really, because it's just like, that sounds great. Let's see what happens. So, um, yeah, th- that is awesome. And I kind of feel like Ben Affleck's directing style would work best with Batman as opposed to, like, some of the other heroes, you know, they, that he could focus on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Marvel News. Marvel reportedly has added Eternals 2 and Shang-Chi 2 to the production calendar. Um, All right. If you remember at Comic-Con, C2, not C2, but San Diego Comic-Con, they had, um, they had mapped out all of Phase 5 for us, and the one thing that they have done is rolled back some of the television shows, saying that not all of them will release because of poor performance of the other ones. So they don't want to overload us which I appreciate. So we're not a hundred percent sure what we're getting television wise, but the movies are laid out for phase four, which not laid out is the entirety of phase six. We know we're getting Deadpool and we know we're getting the two Avengers films in phase six, but we don't, but hearing Eternals two and Shang-Chi two great, but those mm-hmm. will probably fall in phase six would be my guess. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that's just popped up. Yeah. It's, uh, there, there's so much Marvel news. Like, I feel like I don't keep as close track of the timeline because I feel like there's always updates and I kind of with Marvel, I've just been kind of taking things as they come to me sort of thing. (laughs) So it sounds cool, you know, I think Marvel's running into two problems and they're big problems. Um, I've been seeing some criticizing online about the CGI and we've criticized the CGI a little bit. Um, Yeah. Like Thor was kind of a CG fest and, parts of Ant-Man became CG fest as well. But what's happening is, is it's so much CGI that characters are not interacting with objects on the screen Mm. because they don't have the props to interact with. Um, where you watch like 
almost any other movie and characters have things in the room that they can touch and pick up and do things. And yeah, the director might say, pick that up and move it or sit down at the table or whatever. Like, or you watch like the oceans movies and Brad Pitt's eating all the time because it's a good prop and it's good business with your hands. But Marvel Mm -hmm. doesn't have, uh, they it's everything's so computer generated. They're not interacting with objects really anymore, uh, which is weird. And I, as I think back, I was like, wow, that's really the case. (laughs) <laughs> isn't it <laughs> yeah um the other thing that the other problem marvel has and i think this is the biggest problem is um we're trying to teach the world what a multiverse is right now and marvel's doing their multiverse and i think they're doing a really nice job of piecing it all together however with loki creating the timelines and all the different variants and The fact that a multiverse could allow for all all these alternate realities, technically anyone who dies can come back. When you have a world where anyone can die, anyone can come back, you can write a new rule at any point. It's almost like nothing matters anymore. Yeah. And there's no stakes anymore. Because, and I'm going to tell you right now, we have two Avengers sequels. One of them's titled Secret Wars. Robert Downey Jr. is coming back. That's probably a spoiler, and I'm willing to put money on it. But <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is coming back. There's no way they're not going to do the multiverse stuff without that happening. So I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you think or what your thoughts on that are. And we could probably spend the entire show on just that subject. But it's a big problem I think Marvel's got to deal with right now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's also one where it's it's really hard to even know what to say from what you've said. I um, as cool as like multiverse stuff is, I do think they can lead to the point where things do start to feel inconsequential when you have like, oh, this version of this character died. Well, luckily, we have another version of them, you know, in just like this next universe over. And I feel like you have to be really careful with multiversal stories in that regard. And so I do see how that's an issue and how, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really hard to comment more. It's just like, I I agree. Like things could easily start to feel inconsequential and that's something they're really going to have to worry about moving forward. You know? Yep. All right. Uh, Marvel studios is reportedly developing a Dr. Strange sequel. Surprise, surprise. I didn't, I wasn't, I'm not so shocked that this is happening. Yeah. Um, but they're reportedly got a Doctor Strange sequel coming. Great. You know what I mean? Probably, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Rogers the Musical. You remember from the Hawkeye show, they all went to see Rogers the Musical on Broadway in Hawkeye. Right. And, and <laughs> we had that moment where at the end of Hawkeye, we actually got to watch the Rogers, the, the musical number that they aired at the end. Well, Rogers the Musical is actually coming to Disneyland Resort this summer. So Okay, that's kind of fun. You can go to (laughs) Disneyland and see it. (laughs) So that's kind of cool, to be honest. Like, I don't think it needs a Broadway release. Of course, then again, if I know how this is going to go, it's going to release in Disneyland and everyone's going to go, the world needs to see this. (laughs) Broadway in Chicago and like it's going to start the tour. Um I'm not against it being a live show. I thought you were going to say that you're going to be able to watch it on Disney Plus with 
according to the timeline you're laying out, that might be the case within a couple of years. But I loved like I loved the Hawkeye TV series on Disney yeah. Plus, And it had it was like one of their bet one of the MCU's best TV shows with one of the worst post credit scenes, because it's one of the things where you waited to see, you know, what are they going to reveal? What are they going to hint at? And then it was just a musical number from this fake Broadway musical based on, uh, I guess, Steve Rogers life. And yeah. uh, as entertaining as it was, it was a little bit of a letdown because it's like, well, this is a post credit scene and I was expecting <laughs> something more sure. from it, you know, but seeing that at Disney, you know, what did you say? Disney Cruise Lines is going to have uh, it or Disneyland will have it. OK, yeah. Seeing it at Disneyland, I don't think that's the worst <laughs> the worst which way means, that this thing could be seen. Which means it's in Anaheim, but I'm willing to bet you it shows up on Disney Plus. And I will right watch on. it. I will watch it. But um, nice. all right. HBO orders it prequel series. Yes. Welcome, welcome to Deary. Pennywise, uh, the dancing clown is coming to HBO Max. The streamer has given um, a straight to series order for a drama based on Stephen King's beloved horror hit. Um, it movie with the filmmakers behind it recently on the recent movie adaptations um, on board um, it director Andy Machete will helm several episodes, including the first while Jason Fuchs will also work on the project with Machete and his sister, Barbara. Um, I think that's awesome. So we got an it show coming right on. Yeah. yeah, uh, did it, yeah. Is there any news on a release date? Cause I do know we talked about this a long while back. Um, not that I was seeing. Yeah. So uh, although this this might have been one of those, I feel like this is one of those COVID announcements that has been delayed a ton of times, too. So good to hear more news from it, you know. Yeah. Um, and you ready for the weird story that I think just this is the worst way. <laughs> this is the worst idea ever. But hey, remains of the dead U.S. presidents. Will be blasted into deep space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Science science story, everybody. The DNA of Presidents George Washington, Ronald Reagan, John F. Kennedy, and Dwight D. Eisenhower will be blasted into space aboard um, aboard the Celestis, if I'm pronouncing that right, Enterprise Flight for future human and possibly alien civilizations to discover. Um, I guess I this first off, this is the weirdest time capsule <laughs> idea on the face of the planet, but I just, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That's really all I got. Just, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's where the, we're at I, with life now, I guess. <laughs> I just want to know like the reasoning behind this. Because I remember, like, learning back... This was a good idea, like... (laughs) Yeah, well, I remember learning back in the day how you had, like, the uh, Voyager probes and how they had, like, uh, um, you know, they, like, each one of them had, like, a golden record and it had, like, a greeting recorded in, like, you know, so many different Earth languages and then a couple bits of music. Like, I feel like there is a symphony bit and I think it was, like, famous for having... uh, I want to say it was Johnny B. Good by Chuck Berry was on that okay. Voyager probe uh, record too to show like some more modern music. But 
I don't understand the what purpose is like launching presidential remains into space. <laughs> it just sounds like it sounds like a really bad like sci-fi original movie. Like this would be the start of it, and it's just one of those like. I don't know if you've heard about space zombies, but this is exactly how you get space zombies. So right. I don't I don't know what to say. It's right. just ridiculous and hilarious. And I want to know who came up with this idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, look, that's, I don't really know what to say. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. What I do know we can do is talk about tonight's list, because that's the end of the news. If you're up for that. Right. Um, this was your pick. So I'm curious anyway. Um, so Peter, uh, let's do the list and, uh, yeah, let's roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, Peter, um, this was your list. This was your list. So why don't you, uh, explain what we're doing? Um, because I have a feeling all the things we're going to talk about tonight, a lot of people, we we have probably a good handful of our listeners, don't know these things exist. Or if they did, they probably <laughs> haven't seen them. So That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I went with um, – this is a list that I've wanted to do for some time, and I've been saving it for a special moment. And uh, that special moment came now. Probably because I I couldn't think of any other list this week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, this week I wanted to talk about um, our favorite fan films. Um, And this is something that uh, I think is really interesting. And I feel like in the age of YouTube, like you can go on YouTube and there are thousands and thousands of fan films, which sounds crazy. But I'll watch YouTube with my son and we'll find like some weird video that it'll be like, some fan animation of like Mario versus Sonic versus Pac-Man. And we'll watch it and be like, this is funny, but somebody actually made that. And technically that's a fan film. But for me, the idea of fan films goes back to like the early two thousands when I just first started going to comic book conventions and uh, you'd be walking around and maybe you'd pass the uh, booth that's selling like, bootleg dvds or vhs tapes and it would have like you know different comic book movies or tv series and stuff and a lot of those booths would have like fan films like you'd see a tv playing some video and it would be like some batman movie but you're like i've never seen this batman movie where did this come from and it would just be an amateur made thing but you'd just be like that looks amazing i need to get my hands on that and for me like i think it goes back to those like bootleg comic convention days where you would just every once in a while be exposed you know kind of i don't want to say pre-internet but pre-internet what it was today and you would be exposed to those random bits of cool footage that fans would put together and uh in this day and age like there's the you know, in an age where CGI and drones and uh, just high quality cameras are really accessible. Some of the fan films that people can put together are really amazing. And every once in a while, one will like sort of break the Internet, so to speak. Um, So I don't know if our fans will know a lot of these. Um, They might not know a lot of these. And in that case, it's just kind of a cool checklist of, oh, this sounds like something cool to check out. Um, But, you know, they might know a lot of these and drew I'm curious if me and you are going to match on anything, but I think it's going to be a fun 
we topic might to go through. On one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a feeling, I have a feeling you've seen way more uh, fan films than I have. Um, but I also have a feeling that. Um, see, okay, so I realized when I was putting my list together, and I was trying to be kind of across the board with things. Yeah. I was trying to. I, I realize I'm like these fan films are so niche in terms of there's Batman ones or Star Wars ones yes. or um, Halo ones or you know it's it's a lot of comic book and pop culture um, Comic Con kind of things that's where these come from because these people like you get excited you're like oh dude new Batman movies coming that's what the suit looks like sweet and you do your cosplay but someone's like we should film that. Yeah. You know, that's how this stuff happens. Or, dude, you got the new Darth Maul lightsaber black series thing. Let's film it. Let's do something with it. You know, and that's where a lot of these fan films come from. There's a lot of Lego fan films out there, which um, I think are really oh, yeah. cool. Some of the stop motion Lego stuff out there that people have done is really awesome. Um, but, yeah, I was able to do this list kind of easily because there's some that I've seen over the years that have just stuck with me. Like, yes, yeah. have to be in there. Um, I do have two honorable mentions. Um, nice. So. Yeah, so do I. So cool. Okay. Um, I guess I gotta go first, right? So my first honorable mention is a Star Wars, um, fan film, and that is probably the uh, original fan film of all time. Um, it's very short. It's n- really not the best when you look at the quality, but when you look what they were trying to do, just there were people who loved the movie. I'm talking about the movie Hardware Wars. Nice. Um. <laughs> This one, uh, this is basically someone basically recreated Star Wars using household items. So like flashlights for lightsabers and vacuum cleaners for droids. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird stuff. But when you put it all together in the way that was all shot, they were like clearly making Star Wars. So um, it's an old one. Um, it's, I think it's definitely worth the watch, but don't <laughs> expect a lot out of it. So <laughs> I, re- I remember watching this. I remember very little of it besides that it is super short, but, uh, it's pretty funny. And I think it's like really clever in the fact that there's a lot of scenes of like, uh, the spaceships in this thing and the spaceships yeah. are all like, you know, you'll have like a power drill held up by, <laughs> by fishing line like going across like a star screen and that's your spaceship but it's like if you're gonna make a really low budget star wars fan film why not just use like your power tools and you know your irons and you know just your hardware you know why not use that so yeah, yeah. really funny um but good call the there's a scene in star wars episode eight where an iron yes comes down and you don't know what it is yet it was like and then suddenly it's like ironing the imperial clothing um that from what I understand, it was a Ryan Johnson making a subtle nod to Hartley. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Absolutely. Um, what's your first honorable mention, then, if you have multiples? Yeah, so I went with one that uh, I actually talked about on the show. I want to say, I don't know if it was six months ago, a year ago. I feel like it was probably longer than it seems to me. But uh, it's this uh, really short animated uh, YouTube uh, video that I saw, and it's called TMNT The Last Ronin or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin and uh, it's just it's just a really well done you know it's a CG animated short clip it's about four seconds long it 
I guess directly coincides with a uh, current or at least close to current uh, comic book art um, called the last Ronin, uh comic book arc called the last Ronin based around the Ninja Turtles. But it's about every single member of the Turtles, except for one has been killed in battle essentially. And it's kind of the story of that last turtle who's picking up the pieces, trying to avenge his brothers and stuff. And it's one of those things where it's a really short animated clip, but it's like I said, it's four minutes long, but it's one of those things that you watch and it feels like it's one minute because it's that it immerses you in the story that much. It has a lot of weight to it. The animation is beautiful. And it's just one of those things that it's just, really it's just a really good piece of art so i had to call this one out so sure um i have not seen it so sure um, <laughs> my next honorable mention i have three star wars things total tonight to nice the rest are not star wars um the next star wars one is a honorable mention and that's the movie troops okay uh, if you remember troops if you don't know it if you remember if you remember it or know what i'm talking about but if you don't Ultimately, there's a show called Cops that used to be on TV. I don't know if they're still making that show. I have no clue. But ultimately, what it was is that show is like a found footage documentary style following police officers around, catching the bad guys, doing that kind of stuff. So someone took that idea and made a fan film called Troops, which follows a squad of stormtroopers around doing the same thing, shagging down Jawas and... Um, sand people and stuff and eventually they kill they're the reason why uncle owen and aunt beru are dead in star wars a new hope um it's a really i mean it's a really fun like thing to watch it's clearly made by fans it's not done professionally but it's just a fun like hey that's kind of funny that you guys did that like it's we we have stormtrooper costumes let's go film it and do something funny and, <laughs> you know answer one of those age-old star wars questions like why did this happen so yeah um, I don't. Have you ever seen Troops? I'm familiar with it. I don't know if I've ever actually watched this one, but uh, oh. yeah, definitely. Th I feel like this is another one of those age-old, like legendary fan films. Yeah. So good call. Anyway, all right, man, go ahead. Okay, so the last one, or my last honorable mention, I went with is uh, Gremlins Recall. Have you seen this, Drew? Uh, no. Okay. This... I'm excited because I'm a, I love Gremlins. Yeah, this this is one that came out a couple of years ago. Like I said, and, you um, probably know more of these than I do. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely spent a lot of time just on the Internet watching fan films. But this one came out a couple of years ago and it was just kind of like somebody decided to make a short Gremlins fan film and put it out there. And uh, the film basically goes it basically surrounds this diner and uh, it opens up and you're kind of being shown shots of the inside of this diner and you have like Christmas music playing and it just feels very, you know, you don't see any smartphones. Like it feels kind of timeless, you know, and kind of like it could be current with the classic gremlins movies. So that's awesome. But then uh, there's a guy in the diner who has a pet Mogwai. And uh, so that's the first gremlin you see or Mogwai, I guess. But, yep. And, uh, I don't remember if that Mogwai actually turns, but I know there's like one or two other gremlins that I feel like the guy you meet the guy with the Mogwai and like his waitress is like asking him about the Mogwai and stuff. And that kind of is what introduces you to the lore of the gremlins and the rest of the uh, fan film 
takes place where there's like a couple different gremlins who are kind of terrorizing the people of this uh, diner. And it has like kind of like your suspenseful tropey horror movie parts and stuff like that. But I love this one because this is just like it's a low budget thing, but it's also you have gremlins, you have a mogwai, you have puppets, you have a fan film that's using puppetry, much like the original gremlins movie you know you watch the original gremlins it's all puppetry and stop motion animation and this is a fan film using that same kind of effects and uh just making a cool little treat for gremlins fans out there so uh yeah this one's really fun definitely check it out so yeah all right. <laughs> okay so my first actual pick of the night it's my last star wars thing i'll talk about tonight um, and that is a movie that this is an actual one that got released. Um, it was started as a fan film, kind of became an amateur film. So this is sort of a cheat, but it's the movie George Lucas and Love. Have you ever seen this? Yes, I've seen this one. OK, uh, this is ultimately this one's done clearly with a budget and maybe some possible studio backing. So that's why I said it's kind of a cheat, but it's what it is. It's essentially a parody of the movie Shakespeare in Love, just told through the prism of george lucas it's a nine minute short film but it's like where he got the inspiration for all these little things the speeder bikes r2d2 job of the hut like everything <laughs> right his college roommate has like sleep apnea and he like, dresses in black and you know like there's that scene where he's like he's all dressed in black and he's clearly like the darth vader inspiration and he's like <laughs> using the breathing uh tube and whatnot um it's really kind of humorous um but it's such a cool little like window into the, Oh, Hey, look at that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I love the part, the, the two things that always stick out to me about this. Cause I think I've only seen it once is when, uh, he, there's like the two nerdy guys who are totally like the C3PO R2D2 yeah. <laughs> characters on his college campus. And then also the part where I feel like there's this part where the, where George Lucas is like walking across the quad or whatever. And there's like the chubby guy who's like having a picnic out there and he just totally has the exact same silhouette of Jabba the Hutt in the background. Like I always thought that was really funny too. So yeah, yeah. good call with this one. Um, yeah. All right, man. What else do you got for me? Uh, since we, yeah, since uh, we are in a Star Wars mode, I guess I'll keep that train going. Um, I actually went with this film called uh, Darth Maul Apprentice. Are you familiar with this one, Drew? Uh, I'm familiar with it in terms of I see it pop on YouTube every now and then. And yeah. I don't actually watch it. I watch like something else. <laughs> so, this, so. so this one's actually a lot longer than a lot of fan films that you'll see out there. This one's like a whopping 17 minutes long. <laughs> But uh, essentially, this one, um, you have an actor portraying Darth Maul, and it all takes place in a forest. And I don't I don't know where this was actually filmed, but it actually has a very like tropical feel to the forest that it's in. Like they actually did a really good job location location scouting for this movie. But okay. you essentially have Darth Maul and you have one of his. um Man, I don't know what I can't remember what they're called, but it's like Darth Maul's like little spy droids. Uh, you have you have some of those flying around and the CG for those are actually really amazing. And you have a sequence where Darth Maul has to fight off a number of uh, different Jedi characters. And uh, when it comes to the end, you kind of are revealed that this was all like a uh, mission that he was sent on from Darth Sidious. And uh, it's just. It's all really epic, but the reason why this one makes my list is because 
the cinematography, the costumes, the CG, as I already mentioned, like it's all just top notch. Like this is one of those fan films that you watch and you're just like, this looks so professional and so legit. And I think I feel like just the quality of this one just made it make my list because it was just so good all around in terms of quality. Like I had to mention this one, you know? Yeah, right on. And I will now go take a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the next one, there's no way I couldn't talk about this because it's too cool, is Raiders. Um, this is the kid remake Raiders. Um, so Netflix has the documentary Raiders, the making of the greatest fan film ever made. Yeah. But the actual movie Raiders, which is the 13-year-old kids who decided to use all their allowance money and mowing lawn money and stuff like that to remake Raiders of the Lost Ark shot for shot. And do everything they could to do it. So the movie itself would be my pick, if you will. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, we've talked about it in a, a while, uh, a few times. If you can't get a, if you can't actually see the cut of the movie that they have, if you go and watch the documentary on Netflix, you get a good idea of what it's about. But um, ultimately, these kids shot for shot tried to remake Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's really cool that, you know, these 13 year old kids were like, let's do this. So. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, go ahead. What's your next one? All right, cool. So uh, for the next one, I wanted to go with, I went with uh, Spawn, The Recall. Now, I feel oh, like you I have seen this one, Drew. I have. Did we match? No. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no. Um, I, I know of this. I have not seen it. Oh, really? For some yeah. reason, I thought we talked about this. This was like, this came out before we ever did the podcast, but for some reason, Drew, I thought we had talked about watching this before. Oh. Um, but this is basically a Spawn fan film that it's explaining the story of this is you can be very concise with it because so much of it is based on like the mood and atmosphere. But essentially, it's the story of this woman who is in a grocery store with her kid and her kid goes missing. and she has to like talk to the manager and see like the uh, the security footage and stuff. And eventually she's she ends up leaving the, the manager's office because she feels like he's not getting anything done. And uh, when she leaves the manager's office, she's kind of you can notice there's a change. Like it's almost like she's transported into a more like hellish or demonic realm. And uh, she actually finds her kid in the store. And essentially what happens is the 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 film then kind of goes like bit by bit showing what happened to the kid, but the kid was lured away from his mom by the clown, you know, by the violator, the uh, spawn villain. And it's really creepy. And it's one of those things where the violator is luring this kid away and then spawn comes in at the last minute and saves the kid from like being abducted essentially. And so you have, spawn show up and you have you never actually get to see the clown in this in this movie but you see spawn and he is all cg and he has chains whipping around all over the place his cape is completely fluid his cape does not sit still at all and in fact his cape looks like kind of a mixture between water and flames at certain points it's a very epic very creepy uh, portrayal of these characters but the thing is 
it's just in line with the comics. And it's one of those things where if you've read the comics, it just does such justice to like how Spawn would be portrayed. And it's so, um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's so well done from like just a horror aspect. And like, as much as I love the Spawn, the Spawn movie that we got in 1997, this feels serious and feels legit and suspenseful. And it was one of those things where when this fan film came out, the internet did kind of blow up where everybody's like, why isn't this the Spawn movie that we got, you know, and this is a movie that I want to see. And so, uh, yeah, this, this was awesome. And it's, it's a very short, like simple story, but you watch it and it's all about the feeling and the atmosphere of it, but it just pulls everything off so well. So, uh, definitely recommended this one, you know? All right. Right on. Okay. So time to move into some comic book territory. Um, the next one on my list because <laughs> spawn wasn't, <laughs> no, I know, but like in terms of mine, cause I had the star. I gotcha. I gotcha. Stuff. Um, the next one on my list is a movie called Grayson. Have you ever seen this or do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think I've actually seen this one. I've heard of it. This is kind of cool. So ultimately what this is, and these guys, it starts out really, it gets ridiculous. Um, It's ultimately what they did was instead of making a full movie, they basically just shot a trailer. Um, So it's, the idea is, is Batman is dead or Batman has been murdered. And Dick Grayson, former Robin, former Nightwing, whatever, he's like retired at this point. Batman's been murdered and he gets contacted and they're just like, we just wanted to let you know. And he's like, I have to find out who killed Batman. So it's the him getting back out there and Barbara Gordon, who is now like married to and has kids, doesn't want him to pick up the mantle again. Like, no, 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 you can't do this. And he's like, no, I got to. So it starts with him like training, like being pissed off and like retraining himself to get back out there. But so you they cut down, they cut back to like the city and him like jumping across a building or whatever and like hunting down a bad guy. But then, so like he's in the Robin costume, but then Superman shows up and he's like, you're playing with stuff you shouldn't be playing with kid. Like you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be out here anymore. And then green lantern shows up and then wonder woman shows up. And then like, it just gets crazy. Like the amount of like crossover and characters and all that stuff. But the trailer was shot so well. And some of the characters are like in a classic look. Some of them are in like a newer look. Like it's it's some really cool stuff. And the Superman, whoever they got to play the Superman is like an older Superman. So it's almost like a Kingdom Come style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really pretty badass, dude. Um, if you get a chance to check it out, uh, find it. It's really cool. It, like I said, it was more of a trailer than an actual movie. Um, if there is, If they did shoot a full movie, I'd love to see the whole thing because I really have only seen the trailer. And it's awesome. Nice. Uh, and it's one of those trailers that I watch multiple times, but it's really great. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, obviously, they show the title and it's Grayson. But, yeah, really cool. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, man. All right. What's your next one for the night? Yeah. So uh, my next one, I'll probably get I have one like super goofy pick. So I'll get that one out of the way. Um, This is still I was going to say staying on the comic book route. But actually, the rest of my list is all comic book picks. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, so 
There's a uh, YouTube series called uh, Superpower Beatdown. Drew, I don't know if you've watched any of these at all. <laughs> no. But it's essentially... But I essentially, look like I'm going to have to. <laughs> essentially, it does the same thing. There's another series called Death Battle that kind of does the same thing. But basically, every episode of this series is just the question... Who would win in a fight? So they're like, who would win in a fight, Thor or Superman? And then they have another one that's like, who would win in a fight, Wolverine or the Predator? And it's literally just take two characters, put them against each other. And typically these films are these episodes are like half of it will be like they'll go to a comic convention or a comic book shop. And they'll debate with the people who are in the shop about who would win. And then the other half half of the episode will be an actual like filmed reenactment of that fight. And so this is essentially every episode of the series could technically count (laughs) as a fan film. So I actually just picked my favorite one of those. And that was uh, the superpower beatdown episode that was Batman versus Darth Vader. (laughs) And this is completely ridiculous, too. Um, I've seen that one. Yes. You've actually watched it. Yes. Okay. awesome. So the thing is, I have I have no doubt in my mind that Darth Vader would destroy Batman in two seconds. But I feel like the visual of it, like you have they both wear black. They both have capes. They're both like super super skilled at what they do super powerful like it's an awesome fight to watch and essentially this one this one it kind of cracks me up but essentially the plot of it is the empire <laughs> the empire has captured and imprisoned superman within the death star and batman is on the way there with his space equipped batwing to save superman and uh you know he lands on the death star an awesome lightsaber battle between Batman and Darth Vader ensues. Um, of course, by the end, I feel like it's coming close to the end where Batman's within a, uh, you know, a forced choke hold from uh, Darth Vader and Superman somehow escapes and saves the day. It is ridiculous. I don't think any <laughs> of it is canonically accurate, but at the same time, it is so fun to watch. This is my goofy pick, but I just love I love this one, and I just love the Superpower Beatdown series in general. I think they do such a good job with their the cinematography and like their choreography and stuff with their reenactments, but also the parts where they're just talking to people at Comic-Con and stuff. I feel like they it's the closest thing I feel like I can go to as a substitute for that sort of old school G4 attack of the show sort of magic, that sort of like goofy, nerdy fun. It kind of takes me back to the old G4 days, if that makes sense a little yeah. bit. So, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you there. But this, like you said, this one was a lot of fun. Just the clip, just the part of it with the lightsaber fight. And yeah. like, it's so funny because this part of me is like, ah, why would someone make this? But yeah. then, like at the same time, you're like, this is amazing. Let's, you know, more of this. <laughs> like, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, all right. So my second to last pick of the night is a fan film called ODST Landfall. Um, for you Halo fans out there, you know what an ODST is. An ODST is um, an orbital, orbital drop shock trooper. Um, they are like the, uh, I guess you'd say they're, you have your standard Marines and Army and stuff like that in the UNSC, and then you have your ODSTs, and then you have your Spartans like the Master Chief. So your ODSTs are like your your Hell Jumpers or your Paratroopers, I guess you could say. 
the fan film for this is this I'm sorry Paramount but this puts your Halo series to shame because of how well they like mm-hmm. paid attention to lore, paid attention to costume design, paid attention to sound effects, paid attention to like don't take the helmets off, paid attention to like um capturing the essence of what Halo should be and it's fantastic. It's so good. Um whoever like whoever did the even the costuming for like the brutes and like the alien stuff was just great but ultimately it's super intense and it's shot really really well and they did some nice like maybe spielberg cheats with the camera if you will but it's incredible and it's really really exciting um if you've never seen it check it out there's a lot of uh halo fan stuff out there that's really good but i remember this one when it dropped um it had me excited, like, oh, my God, could you imagine an actual Halo television series of this caliber? And we still have yet to see one. So, um, yeah, ODST Landfall. Um, but, yeah, that's my next one. I don't know. You haven't seen that one, have you? I don't think I've actually watched this one, but it sounds awesome. I remember this one getting a lot of buzz. I just don't know if I've actually watched it, unfortunately. <laughs> so. All right. So what do you got for the next one? Yeah, so my second to last pick, I actually went with uh, this fan film called Casey Jones, the movie. Um, Drew, I don't know if you've seen this one or if um, you're I familiar with it. I didn't know this was a thing, so. Yeah, <laughs> so this one, it is called Casey Jones, the movie, but I think it's only about 40 minutes long, so it's not feature length. But essentially, this is just a fan film that showcases Casey Jones and uh, his plights <laughs> and uh it's one of those things where you have Casey Jones and he's kind of this guy who lives in the city and he's poor and he's he kind of just like spends his time like outside of work. He is working out and he's going out at night fighting crime just because he feels that drive to go do that. And it really has like the closest thing I could compare this to is like the original Rocky movie and not necessarily the sport aspect of it, but just that sort of gritty like new york-esque feel to it as well as just that sort of like self-made diy like i'm gonna work out i'm gonna be the best crime fighter i can be just of my own accord and it really has that sort of spirit but this movie ends up it all culminates at the end when casey jones there's like this massive fight scene at the end of the film And it's like Casey Jones versus like 20 or 30 Foot Clan soldiers. And uh, he kind of gets some help because a Ninja Turtle joins him. And in this movie, I believe it was actually Michelangelo who joins into the fight, which is a little unusual because usually it's Raphael who's the loner. He's the one who always gets pissed off at Leonardo and leaves the sewer and then gets in some kind of trouble. But in this movie, I'm pretty sure it's Michelangelo who joins him. But uh, yeah, Ninja Turtle shows up and the turtle costume looks awesome. And they do the thing where you have the turtle costume that has like a stationary mask, but they use cg to make the turtle talk and stuff but it's just one of those it's one of those cool things that it really has the grittiness of the original ninja turtles movie and it's just kind of just a cool little piece of cinema that somebody put together and put out there and it's one of those things that you if you liked the gritty feel of the original turtles movie i feel like this is the closest thing to that because since that original Ninja Turtles movie you've never really had 
another Turtles movie that had that gritty New York feel. And I feel like this is the closest thing to go to for that as far as everything that I've seen. So, yeah. Right on. All right. And I have not seen this, but um, yeah, I just I didn't know this was I didn't know this was a thing. (laughs) And that's <laughs> right on. It's weird about this because we're pulling out a lot of stuff that either, oh, yeah, I know about that or you I knew that it was there, but I haven't seen it. You know, there's yeah. a lot of the, a lot of that tonight. Um, all right. So the one um, my last pick of the night is the one that I actually think we matched on if we matched at all. Um, and that's a movie called Batman Dead End. Yes, we did match on this. Sweet. That's awesome. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, so this movie, this is what, nine minutes Maybe something like that. Maybe 14. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's between 10 and 15. It's the fan film sweet spot. (laughs) It's that fan film sweet spot. It's short, but it's great. Um, Batman Dead End. It's Batman is hunting the Joker in Gotham City like he does. Um, The casting of Batman, um, really well done. The costuming is fantastic. Um, Whoever they cast Joker, fantastic. The... Mm -hmm. uh, putting him in the straight jacket really cool um he's out on the street batman shows up they have a little bit of an altercation and then out of nowhere the predator shows up yeah and the predator is hunting batman and the joker kind of like escapes while the predator and batman have a really cool fight scene and you're just like yeah batman versus predator this is awesome and then right at the end when like the predator's got like batman like is it Batman? Oh, Batman's got the Predator, like, dead to rights, right? Batman wins the battle. He's got the Predator, like, dead to rights. And the camera kind of pans back a little bit. And you see in the shadows the aliens show up <laughs> from nice. the movie The Aliens. Yeah. And that's how it ends. And then it goes to credits. And you're just like, what? No, don't stop now. Um, <laughs> really, really cool movie. Um, I, since we matched on it, do you have any thoughts on it? Like, Yes. This is – so this is the first – movie i think of when i think of fan film like this you say fan absolutely film, the same thing this is the first movie when you say fan film this is the first thing i think of so yeah absolutely and it goes back this is one of those ones that this one and i feel like troops is what was it troops you mentioned earlier yeah. those two stand out to me as like you go to comic-con and you see these two being sold at booths and you're just like what is that but my favorite part of this movie because this I feel like this was made was filmed in either like the late 90s or early 2000s. But it's it was at a time period when we didn't have Batfleck yet. We didn't have a no. classic traditional live action Batman suit. We had, you know, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, the Tim Burton ones. Everybody was in like this rubber stiff looking suit. And as much as I do love the Tim Burton suit, this movie went back to basics and it looked like straight out of out of the comics. You had a black cape and cowl and you had gray spandex and it just had this coolness to the costume because it was this thing where like Batman doesn't need like this armored rubber suit because he's a ninja and he has the skills that like he needs to not have all that. And it was just such a cool like it was so cool to see in live action that gray and black suit portrayed that way. And then some of the shots, like I feel like one of the first shots when the bat when Batman first uh, encounters Joker in this film, you have Batman jumps and lands on top of a building, but the way he lands, 
he lands in like this puddle of water and his cape is spread out at his sides. Yeah. And he slowly rises up. And as he rises up, the cape like pulls in, but it's still like clinging to the ground. And it just looks so comic book accurate and it's beautiful. And you watch this and you're like, why aren't we getting shots like this in our Batman movies? And you watch it now and you're like, we still haven't gotten that cool of a shot <laughs> in our Batman right. movies. You know what I mean? I was just but, going uh, to bring up the shot with the cape. I literally was just going to say absolutely. I'm glad you did. Because they did some – couple of the things they did with the Batman dead end is some really nice framework in terms yes. of understanding, hey, this is what it looks like on the panel, on the actual page of the comic book. Let's do that. Absolutely. You know, like, let's make it look like that. I mean, yeah, we're screwing around, but ultimately, let's make it look like that. Let's make it, let's be authentic. You know, let's give him a Batman that we deserve because it's matches. So when you watch, like, <laughs> Batman the Animated Series, it pops just like that. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the other thing I would just say is, like, because you mentioned how the Xenomorph comes in at the end and the way that... They shoot. I can't remember. Was it one or two aliens that come in at the end? But I think it's like I, three. I think it's like one on each side, and then like maybe one or two over the shoulders. Okay, like, yeah, because I, I thought there was multiple ones, and I remember there's one <laughs> overhead shot where you can kind of like, it's like the ground is lit up, and you can see just like the silhouettes and the edges of the xenomorphs and the way it's shot and the way their tails move and stuff. Like they had some really legit costumes for these xenomorphs like it just there's this one shot where it's just the lighting where you barely see the light reflecting off the xenomorphs tails and stuff but the way it moves and stuff it just looks beautiful and i think that's the thing is this this fan film is so beautifully shot and it just feels so batman through and through with the strong overhead like high contrast sort of lighting of it all like it's just it's just awesome you know yeah agreed um all right, well, that brings us to the end of the list. I'm glad we matched on that final one. Absolutely. Um, so next week, I'm going to have to explain this because I don't know. I hope you understand this term. Do you know what an ensemble cast is? Yes. Do you know what that means? Okay. So ultimately what this is is uh, Knives Out is a really good example of an ensemble cast where basically you have your cast of characters, and they all kind of have equal weight to the story. They all – um piggyback off of each other and they have like each part is kind of the same size so there's not really like one main character um right. my family is another good example of a, an ensemble cast friends is an ensemble cast um so i was thinking about performances and i was thinking about large group performances so i think it'd be kind of cool to let's do our five favorite ensemble casts oh okay just ensemble so, casts in general ensemble cast in general you're not necessarily reviewing the movie so much as you're reviewing the cast as a whole chemistry and like that kind of thing oh awesome okay well so i just thought that'd be kind of cool we might end up talking about movies we've talked about before but we're not talking about it in the same aspect that we have in the past so i thought ensemble cast would be cool and the and what made me think of doing this list was the sag awards were this past weekend and white lotus won uh, for best ensemble cast. Mm, um, okay. Like, oh, right on. That's, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was really cool. So ultimately, that was like their best show award, if you will. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, that's what we'll do for um, next week. And this, this is like movies, TV, just kind of everything. I'm specifically thinking movies and TV. Okay. I don't see uh, animations kind of interesting because there's only, 
the way animation's done nowadays is only like maybe two or three shows that you could even say it would fit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking movies and TV specifically. So okay, cool. Yeah. All right, man. Um, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. So let puts another episode in the can. Um, you ready to close this one out for the night? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, everyone, do us all a favor. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links of all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can hit us up there, social media. Either way works. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Audible, Amazon. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Uh, you can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. And that's where I will be reminding you to damn the man, save the empire. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, I don't have to explain my art to you either. Um, Absolutely. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you.